Welcome to Cocktail Cinema, folks. This, that one guy from high school who just wanted to be in every boy band, is your first favorite bartender <laughs> and your third favorite author, Josh Price. And I am here with the lucky members of the faculty. Hmm. I'll be coach. You'll be coach. I'll be coach. Coach. You look really pretty. Tonight. Greg the coach. You I'll be Z. Why not? And Shaw CZ. All right. All right. Maybe I'll be after class in order to find me. Yeah. Yeah. I'll let you boy. Mm. So today we are going to be discussing 1998's The Faculty, mm. directed by Robbie Rodriguez. Uh, this is kind of a cult hit. Um, yeah. it, it probably deserved to be a little bit more mainstream, but for what it is, it has it, it's stuck around in the in the zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. Um, it had a budget of 15 million dollars, and they had a worldwide box office of 63.2 million. Not bad. Not yeah. bad. There was a lot of other stuff that came out in '98, so that's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, we're we're talking about a time of 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 big time blockbusters yeah. and big time names just showing up in everything. Yeah. So you know this, and this was, was able to off and, yeah. You know people were just out there for that dynamic reward and and the kind, kind of, of movie that it, that it is. Yeah. You know it's it's a it's a it's a space horror essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. an eldritch yeah. horror you could say. Absolutely. Um, and you know it's it it we'll find out if it stands up. We'll find out if it stands up. Now, before we do that, we're going to find out who's in this movie, though. Mm. Grego. Would so you like to be, Should I bust out my banjo and start playing the game? Because there's a lot. <laughs> yeah, there's of, a lot. There's sure. a lot of people. So we're going to go through the main, and we'll get into the rest. So um, Jordana Brewster. We're going to start with her. Mm. Josh Hartnett is that young heartthrob with mm, the weird haircut mm. and, and, and drugs and stuff. The super senior. Clee Duvall <laughs> as Stokely. The high school super senior. <laughs> <laughs> Elijah Wood as Casey. Casey got his ass whooped a few times, but he ended up with the girl. We'll talk about that anyway. Laura Harris as Mary Beth. Femke Jansen. Mm-hmm. Again. Miss Burke. We got some kink corner stuff there. Sean Hattesey as like a weird kind of like football jock kind of thing. Intellectual like jock. Yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll talk about that. And then we got uh, Usher. Usher, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <As> Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> from there we got uh, Robert Patrick as the football coach um, B.B. Newworth as Principal Drake and uh, John Stewart yeah with that with the, notable there there we go <laughs> like this is this is probably either right before or right around the time he, he took over the Daily Show mm-hmm. so John Stewart at his comedic peak yeah and he was like turns out he's like the the fan favorite among students, so that's good. For, good on him. Uh, running through the rest: Selma Hayek, Piper mm-hmm. Laurie, Christopher McDonald, Daniel Von Bargen, Danny Masterson as fuck up number one, <laughs> and <laughs> Wiley Wiggins as fuck up number two. And I just want to call this one out: Wiley Wiggins is the same actor from Days and Confused with Mitch. Right? I, I was used to play the drinking yeah. game. You gotta do a shot every time, Mitch. <laughs> every time Mitch does his nervous twitch. Yeah. And so. you're drunk within the first 15 minutes. <laughs> so definitely an ensemble cast. You know, there's there's Absolutely. plenty of people in there to get this ball rolling. But that's like John Stewart before a Daily Show, like mm-hmm. Hyde before he was mm-hmm. Hyde. Yeah. Like the, even though they were kind of like their their characters kind of like yeah like almost cast before they were big. Yeah. Like they they yeah. all fall perfectly into into these roles. Well, and it's interesting that we do have the connection with Dazed and Confused because for some of these actors this is their Dazed and Confused. <laughs> exactly. Right. Right. Yeah, you know, yeah, this yeah. is this is that movie that kind of launches them. This mm-hmm. is Elijah Wood before the Lord of the Rings. Like, granted, he's done like North and Flipper at this yeah. point, but not his huge yep. breakout. Yep. Yep. And the same thing with uh, 
uh, Josh Hartnett. He'd done a couple of a couple of hits, but this is when he started to hit his stride. Falling into his 90 heartthrob role, yeah. which I don't get it, ladies. I mean, I don't know. Well, not in this movie. He, <laughs> he looks kind of like coming from a dweeb. He looks a little dweeby in this movie. Right. He doesn't act like it, but he looks Smooth. it. Smooth. Yeah, he looks tongue. like he just got out of bed. All right. But yeah. Um, now, before we uh, we really dive into the meat of this, this flick, um, let's have ourselves a cocktail. Hmm. Gotta have a drink with dinner, right? Yeah. Cocktail so cinema. I did a little bit of uh, I did a little bit of thinking on this one. You know, I actually did my job, and uh, I was I was thinking about lunch boxes and and drinks like that. So this is a variation or inspired by the lunchbox. I'm calling it the faculty lounge. It has <laughs> now. I will warn you. This is a stay-at-home drink. There's a lot of booze in this. There's <laughs> there's an ounce and a half of amaretto, an ounce and a half of espresso vodka and then about three ounces of orange juice so it's half this drink is booze mm. and it'll sneak up on you the amaretto is good in there mm. it's a surprisingly good mix what kind of vodka do you see espresso wow yeah, look coffee at that mm. yeah mm. and and i i literally just Whoa. picked up the cheapest bottle of it Dude, i it's could like find the perfect blend of everything I was so I got all this lo- stuff. What yeah. is it called? Faculty the faculty lounge. lounge. Was there yeah. pouring drinks in their in their coffee? It's a little bit sweet. Yeah. More, oh my goodness. You got the you got the OJ stuff. for for the early mornings. And they reference like the one teacher with the, the alcohol. The alcohol problem. Yeah. When yeah. they're trying to find like the breaking story. They he's, he they show him pouring his flask and everything. Yeah. I thought this was this was a a, a good uh, intro yeah. into this movie. Yeah. Puts you in the right mindset. Well. And like I said, might catch a buzz. Maybe. But yeah, that's good. good stuff. No I, weird and again, here, we right? we try to we try to make these drinks real affordable, and uh, I got all of this stuff, orange juice included, for twenty five dollars. I got two bottles of two bottles of liquor and a, a bottle of OJ mm. for real cheap. So, you know, good for balling on a budget, like you know, your boy. If you got some oranges at home too, you could just get yeah. a, little, a little shooter, a couple shooters, and and make this mm-hmm. real quick too, real fresh. That's uh, good. I'm liking it. I'm liking it. This is why I'm, I'm your first favorite it. bartender. I'm loving it. <laughs> now, me and my 90s hair would like to dive back into the faculty. Hmm. So, um, this is a really campy movie, but it's kind of supposed to be, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, it's clear that this, this like, they even name drop some of their inspirations in, in yeah, the dialogue. Yeah, quite a few times. Quite a few times. Where they yeah. talk about, like... Uh, invasion of the Body Snatchers mm-hmm. and The Thing and The Stepford Wives. Yep. And also like some of the earlier literature that's come come mm-hmm. along with that to inspire those movies even. It's a callback yeah. on a callback kind of thing, you know? Yeah, very much a, a modern, uh, you know, mid-century ho- uh, alien horror flick, mm-hmm. you know? Like we're talking about pre and early Cold War just alien movies yeah. like The Thing, <clears throat> you know? And... and it really does justice to the genre, I think. I'd agree. I'd agree. Um, I had my moments where I disliked this movie a few times here and there, but overall, camera work is awesome. Yeah, well, I mean, that's Robbie, man. Right, that's I know, Robbie. I know. You got to call him. You know, that, that's what the biggest thing for me was. I didn't realize growing up, because I've seen this movie dozens of times probably, but the biggest realization to me was um, it being a Robbie Rodriguez mm-hmm. movie. I was like, oh, it all makes sense, yeah. you know? Certain scenes in this, like we've talked about before, is seamless. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the the characters, 
in my opinion, fell a little bit short, but they were on point with every kind of dynamic that it should have been, mm-hmm. calling out to those old movies. Yes. You had your dork, your freak, your smarty pants, your cute guy, your cute girl, and they all... Mm-hmm. They, they had, like, 25 characters that they had to develop <laughs> right. pretty yeah. quickly, so, True. like, the character arc, like, I'm not really even looking at. But it was only the six. They, it was, they like, the widespread the... panic, mm-hmm. and they kind of showed that with, with like, the, the broadcast. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that that's, that's kind of what grabbed my attention with the whole cast. Well, he hit all of those all of those tropes from that mm-hmm. from that period of time, you know? In all of these movies, you had the job... Like, that's, that's what the breakfast club yeah, was making fun absolutely. of is you've got the jock, the weirdo, the goth, yeah. the, the nerd, the mm-hmm. popular girl yep. and the bad boy. Yep. It's like, you have all of those, those, those character tropes represented here. I, I, I read that it was kind of actually, um, reviewed as breakfast club meets aliens, aliens <laughs> meets revenge or, uh, body snatchers, you know? So, yeah, yeah. I, I would agree there. Interesting. I would agree there. Interesting. And I mean, I think this is a good point uh, to point out that, uh, Welcome to uh, Robbie Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino month, everybody. Mm. Uh, this is the part of the year where we have decided we are going to watch uh, three Robbie Rodriguez movies and three Quentin movies and just have ourselves a blast. Um, I believe this will be the first one that drops, so welcome to the show. <laughs> but the reason we picked these two directors, number one, they are very similar in style, and number two, they regularly put out good content that like the faculty doesn't necessarily fall into their normal genres but their style still shines mm-hmm. through and they've always like pushed each other too i yeah. feel like because they're so close and have worked together that mm-hmm. like like they do stuff outside of the box that you normally mm-hmm. wouldn't yeah. see them doing and that they i don't know it's awesome yeah. it's great and to add to that point I, they kind of use themselves as stepping stools like one mm-hmm. does something yeah. one uses the other they kind of just like you said pushed each other to do some some yeah. really creative stuff you know, one using more kind of weird vernacular and, mm-hmm. and, and, and tone. The other doing, you know, just a little bit different. You know, we'll get into that. I think we're going to save it a little well, bit. Well, right? I, I think it's important <laughs> to kind of dust up on it because we talked about it a little bit when we covered Desperado. Mm-hmm. But in Hollywood, Robert Rodriguez is known, kind of like the Coen brothers, as the multi-tool director. Yeah. He edits. He, he helps with screenwriting. He, he directs, obviously, but he also – sometimes he'll produce his own projects, mm-hmm. and he just kind of does everything. He's kicked out editors. And Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. He's like, I'll, I'll take over from he here. He literally has the bare minimum number of editors yeah. that, that – uh, not SAG, uh, but the Academy essentially mm-hmm. requires. Yeah. Because he, he, he just knows that – he knows what product he wants mm-hmm. to put out, and he knows how to, how to, how to produce it. Okay. And he likes to work. Absolutely. And it sh- it shows in every one of his projects. He's all you can tell. It's a fun set to be yeah. on. It's a fun project yeah. to work on. Yeah. And he he has such a blast making mm-hmm. these movies. Mm-hmm. Shasti was you were showing us a clip earlier of Robbie just kind of watching his his director monitor. Yeah. And he's 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 looking at the raw footage. Yeah. And just having like he he can see the actual scene in his the mind. The product before you know. it come to fruition. Yeah, yeah you can, know yeah. he can see what Absolutely. he what he wants. Yeah, that's it's something. I I think that's kind of his gift is mm-hmm. he can see it before it happens, you know what I mean? And yeah. Where where everybody falls short of uh, of actually putting their ideas in into fruition, he comes across strong in every mm-hmm. sense of the word. And we talk about a lot too, especially the guys who put together start study cast is like it's also <clears throat> it it's also like uh putting together your crew. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. like yeah. having like he has the vision. 
but to to put to hire the right people to be behind he's not behind every one of these cameras doing mm-hmm. this elaborate these elaborate yeah. shots but it's like working working time after time again with and developing mm-hmm. yeah. here this is somewhere. yeah yeah there we go yeah just chilling Look at him. He, 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 and look at her. She's like, she's tickled time. pink too. She's like, oh, that's me. Oh, yeah. That's like one of the best shots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the queen throws all the lockers across. Yeah. And right before that, I really like the scene in the uh, the pool. Yeah. Um, that pool scene. Last, it seemed to last forever. It's kind of where it became their safe place. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of stuff that went down. Before that was at, at Zeke's house until they kind of found out who was and mm-hmm. who wasn't. Um, but then it was the pool room, the the the, the pool area. Yeah. So much room for space, so much room for whatever anything to happen. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? The whole school is at your fingertips now, and it's a giant football community in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Everybody's at the game, so they know the queen's gonna be there, and so that's that's what they do. And they send some people out, some feelers, this, that, and the other. And <clears throat> the hiding scene, those that the school bus, mm-hmm. back and forth with Elijah and, and Zeke trying to get the rest of the. The stuff, yeah. the stuff. Yeah. Oh, when they right crashed the that? GTO. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. When when Elijah was hiding in the in the in the school bus, it has a very George A. Romero zombie feel to yeah. it. Like you are running from the horde. Yeah. And not only that, but your own like inhibitions. Mm-hmm. You know, like they they put on like like we talked about Jordana Brewster, mm-hmm. Ultra Babe. You know what I mean? There's no getting around it. And mm-hmm. and like the the lit professor. Um, mm-hmm. oh, I'm sorry. Femke Jansen. Femke Jansen. Yeah. You know My what I mean? My girl. It's crazy, you know. So they put these <clears throat> these people in place to, again, just pull at your pull at your inhibitions, your your wants, your needs, and that's also the part of the alien part of this movie is mm-hmm. we're stronger. Don't you just want to fit in? We're gonna come. I mean, yeah, it's, it's another common trope too. But I like yeah, how they tie is, like yeah. water element being mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. their their source of life yep. because. We've touched on it with a lot of movies, how there's just as much it unknown you. below sea level yeah. as there is yeah. outside yeah. of the atmosphere. We we almost know more outside the atmosphere mm-hmm. than we do. Mm-hmm. Like, was this seventy percent of the ocean hasn't be, even been videotaped, let alone yeah. explored? Right. Yeah. So I and we I, are seventy-five yeah. or eighty percent mm-hmm. water. water. Yeah. yeah, played on that. Well, and it's it's it. it ties in a little bit to some of those inspirations. I I mentioned Eldritch yeah. Horror earlier. That's Lovecraft. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Lovecraft. Was afraid of everything, but especially mm-hmm. slimy ocean-like monsters. Yeah, yeah. and it was gross. Those yeah, and and that that pool shot you're talking about. The yeah. first of all, that VFX yep. transition yep. is absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Because the the monster, the queen, goes from being a squid into being Marybeth, mm. and it's seamless. Yeah. In 1998, they yeah, pulled yeah. that off mm-hmm. without a hitch. Mm-hmm. This is you know, and they also pulled it off without a hitch with adding no extra. Soundtrack or mm-hmm. sound effects, you know, it was very yeah. plain. It got real quiet. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it's very, very unique in that fact, you know, because you think transformation, you think like grotesque, this, yeah, that, and the yeah. Other. And this was like plainly just right. And a lot right. of time when there's a drastic visual effect, you mm-hmm. can mask it. I know it sounds mm-hmm. weird, but by mm-hmm. by audio mm-hmm. cues and yeah. samples, you it's know like what I mean? Slime like it sound, takes away yeah. from some of what you're mm-hmm. looking at. Where this yeah. kind of goes like dead silent, mm-hmm. and it was like. I think he was just highlighting how perfect yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah, this is with. like you're you're notorious for saying you know homage without uh, homage without moving forward. Yeah, I guess yeah, we'll yeah. say Cult, um, yeah. inspiration or yeah. individuality. Yes, yes. Is is just homage without inspiration is yeah. it, it it's just pointless. Yeah. So karaoke. in this, it's just karaoke. 
and, and karaoke is pointless. Um, <laughs> so what you have in this is taking inspiration and paying homage to the thing. And in the thing, your visual effects are super in your face. They're very grotesque. And they're very loud. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of gross sounds in yeah. a Carpenter movie. So you take it's like nonstop. Yeah, like, you yeah. take you take that inspiration, you tone it down a little bit, and you actually amplify the horror because you don't see the full transformation. It's always a little bit mm-hmm. obscured. Even when like the slugs are crawling around in people's yeah. faces, that's as grotesque as this flick gets. You, know, you brought up Carpenter, and I'm pretty sure maybe maybe Shasta can check on this one for us, but I'm pretty sure this was it also a collaborative project for some from someone from Halloween. Okay. I okay. do believe maybe production wise or um, something of that. I, I, Williamson rings okay. a bell. Okay. Um, I think it, maybe it was part of the uh, um, production team production or the VFX team, team or, or the, the yeah. The, yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty sure it sticks out in my mind. I mean, because. For one reason and one reason only is because that when uh, whatever her name was rolled up on um, Stan in the shower Mm -hmm. um, and she's all naked. The old lady, yeah. And they were all talking about she's old. She doesn't have much much water in her. (laughs) Right. But she's like he he like tries to console her by brushing her hair back and takes a big chunk off her head. Mm -hmm. So that practical effect, I'm pretty sure yeah. is they could right have there. made it obvious that her hair was falling out. Right, right. right. All, <laughs> and they're just like, oh, it's cancer. Oh, well, yeah, they had all the they had all the holes in her body yeah, yeah, already mm-hmm. visible, but still cool. obscured. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, to to be able to take such an iconic project as the thing, mm-hmm. and you know, he puts he puts a head on spider legs at one point, yeah. and he's like, hey. Remember that one movie where this happened? Mm-hmm. Wasn't that dope? Mm-hmm. All right, we're gonna get back to what we're doing. Yep. And he he, he kind of does that sharply yeah. because as soon as Femke Jansen's head walks across the screen, Zeke is like, "I'm fuck this, I'm out." I'm I think is that here, exactly yeah. I'm, like, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm fucking out of here. Yeah. So, like, he recognizes it. He allows the he gives the mo- the audience a a beat to recognize mm-hmm. it, and then he he moves he moves the story forward. So he doesn't rest on the homage. He he, it's yeah. window dressing. Keeps it moving. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, perfect way to say. Yeah, and it's right. it, it's one of the things that makes this movie both a great tribute to this genre mm-hmm. and worthy of being on the same pedestal as things like The Thing yeah. and Invasion of the Body Snatchers. It does its own thing with all the same tools. Mm-hmm. I mean, is this a Michelangelo project? No, but it's great. It's fun. It's, it's entertaining. Fun. It's and what it, it's what it should be. Yeah, exactly. It's it's on that brink of like slasher flick meets thriller mm-hmm. meets like intellectual Body horror. yeah exactly yeah. yeah exactly perfect and yeah no it's 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 up there for me as far i'm not going to rate this a high one but it's up there as far as watchability mm-hmm. fan favorite kind of thing you know if you're yeah just getting into the kind of that horror scene mm-hmm. you know it's a good one to watch just kind of just because there's so many call outs and mm-hmm. you know it's it's good there and they authors are in there it's, it's a, yeah you know, stokely was a good she's a good pick for this character I agree. Um, I agree. She went. She went. She went ham, and that's. I think all of them. Um, Josh Hartnett killed this. Also, he I feel did. Like. He really took on that that like funny, cool guy, mm-hmm. Fonzie drug dealer dude who's like even on it with the teachers kind of mm-hmm. thing, and they can't even talk to him. He tied. Of. He tied like all the characters together. Where some of them seem yeah. kind of campy and over the yeah. top. It's like I feel like he. His character was in, mm-hmm. in, in its own right. Yeah, he's like he's that bad boy trope, yeah. but mm-hmm. he's not as over the top as most bad no. boys are. No. And 
so over the next several episodes, we're going to talk a lot about dialogue mm -hmm. just because of the yep. directors we're covering. Yep. Yep. And that character, the character of Zeke, has some of the most realistic dialogue of mm -hmm. any horror character ever, I, except for maybe, you know, uh, Tucker and Dale from mm -hmm. Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Yeah. So Zeke, when he's when he's talking to Miss Burke, he's not throwing out great one-liners. The mm -hmm. jokes the jokes that he's throwing out are just like off the top of his mm -hmm. head, and that's what makes them funny. Real quick, no. Yeah, <laughs> and I think so it's also, like you want these laxatives, you want these condoms. Right, right, like right. It, this isn't this like if if Tarantino had directed this scene, mm -hmm. it would have been. It would have been, out, yeah, sure. it would have drawn out. It would have been much more quirky, <laughs> yeah. and the the dialogue would have been so sharp, yeah. to the point of being unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. this is believable mm -hmm. because he's just a normal guy trying to weasel his way out Agreed. of selling drugs. And so I talked about earlier how I'll be the coach, the football coach. Yeah, <laughs> the guy sits there. That's another way of doing this the same way you were talking about a modern way of doing it but the coach comes up you look really pretty tonight he says multiple <laughs> times you look really pretty tonight and he just stands mm -hmm. stoic or he's sitting in the football field getting sprinklered on <laughs> you know that's another another way of creating that kind of horror you know yeah. i mean zeke's character is kind of horror-esque in general just even though he's a good guy mm -hmm. he's like the mad scientist yeah yeah, yeah. you know so they wanted he, he was it was galaxies collide kind of because mm -hmm. the, yeah. from what we talked about earlier the, the queen wanted to take out his his lab his yeah his you know what i mean they found the place where they're most susceptible mm -hmm. just like they showed up in ohio mm -hmm. and like elijah wood talks about um you wouldn't just blow up the white house independent mm -hmm. style you'd come in the back door wouldn't you you know mm -hmm. it's, it's all, well it's, it's all an interesting concept in. that like maybe maybe this was all kind of planned maybe you know she had that maybe the queen had a hand in hollywood softening up our opinions of aliens mm -hmm. maybe you know and, and kind of blinding and inoculating us in a way and you know she her her philosophy reminds me a lot of the borg in in star trek where mm -hmm. It's it's a it's a takeover and it's kind of a hive mind, but there's still that singular intelligence it's that's hive in charge mentality. of everything. That's yeah. not necessarily Borg life. Well, <laughs> Borg life. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> resistance is futile. Um, <laughs> the, it's not necessarily entirely uh, antagonistic because it's like the queen's not wrong. Mm -hmm. Apparently, when people are taken over, they do love being a part of the hive, but where where humans kind of have a problem with with things like the queen or the borg mm. um is losing that personal autonomy they kind of address this in an episode of rick and morty with the character of unity where yeah you know everybody's happy because they're all sharing an experience mm. but humans are individuals mm. and that's what we're really afraid of losing here mm. and nobody's really afraid of dying because you don't die when the queen takes over you become something else, mm -hmm. and we don't want to become something else. And that's why Elijah Wood, when she's you know ha hunting him in the locker room, she's like, "Don't you want to be powerful? Don't you want to be strong?" And he's like, "No, I'd rather be afraid. Mm. I'd rather be me." Yeah, yeah. And that's a powerful moment yeah, if if yeah. you take the time to really slow yeah, down absolutely. what's happening. Yeah, yeah. it's um, it's very philosophical. You're absolutely right. Um, I, I was so one thing that you said caught my my ears um, about. The hive and about mm -hmm. the queen. Um, so, throughout the movie, she's outside of her entire hive, the entire movie, and she's mm -hmm. blending in with these. This is why this movie comes a shit to me. Okay. Um, because she's walking around with these six people she could have obviously dealt with days before, 
you know what I mean? And we talked about the closed door <clears> method, <throat> this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. What but, do you mean deal with them? Just like turn into the queen and eat them? Dude, if, like she's, if, the if she's the queen, she. I mean, maybe you know, go back to some some insects and stuff like that. Parasites don't have the capabilities of being that soldier-esque kind of thing. So mm-hmm. maybe that's where they're trying to play on. I'm saying she, but if she's the queen, she <clears> should <throat> be able to dart these. She's she's yeah. Go ahead. She's, well, she's omnipotous at this point. I mean, it's. But she's not she's invincible. She's, but you she, know but what she I mean? Could, she can't take on four four people. No, but as soon well, as, the, as soon as people the, the SWAT team comes in with guns, she's she's if she just transformed mm-hmm. and ate Elijah <clears> Wood <throat> at any given time to end the the movie, it's she, like mm-hmm. but does she, SWAT team she, shows but up. Would she really have to transform, considering none of her other other folks had to transform? Well, well, that's the thing. It's always it's, it's always has to be behind closed doors. That was kind of like my been, argument. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. But they've been behind closed doors at Zeke's house. You know, they've been they're, they're, well, they're together. What we're playing they're with smack and yeah. then. What we're playing with is a, is a very very old uh, character trope. Mm-hmm. It's it goes all the way back to Night uh, of the Living Dead. Well, even further beyond, like well, I'm, I'm sure, talking yeah, yeah, ancient. but that that trope, yeah, but yeah, yeah, where we it, it's it's the it's the, <laughs> it's the cipher trope, or or more more realistically, the Lucifer trope, mm-hmm. where the concept of the uh, the big bad is hiding in plain sight. Yeah. Most of the time it's because they're wounded or they're vulnerable. Mm. And in this case, she's vulnerable mm. because if she, if she tips her hand too early, they're going to, they, she doesn't know mm. what they have. Mm-hmm. So she goes with them back to Zeke's house and she finds out, you know, what their stash is like, what their like situation it's, it's is. A it's a, it, I understand where you're coming from, but this is a tried and true method of writing mm-hmm. big bads. You've got like half of the, half the, the movie, fantasy like, genre. Within 15 minutes, <laughs> half <laughs> the fantasy genre is built on you know the bad guy is part of your party. Yeah. And that it builds yeah, suspense because yeah, you yeah, know, for sure. like in the thing, you know somebody. They need is that. The thing. They need that aspect to mm-hmm. build any yeah. type of movie like yeah. this. So it's 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 they call it movie logic. Yeah. You just have oh, to I know, accept I know, I know. that this is a world where this happens. I know. Jamie Kennedy's not here to tell you what's going on. <laughs> Kennedy. That's funny. Yeah, and I mean. I have things that I would like to nitpick as well. Not many. Like it's just the nerdy side of me. Is like they they call they call the hive. I'm, I'm gonna call them the hive because they don't really give them a name. But they call the hive a parasite. They're not really a parasite. The hive is more of a symbiote. Now the the a very rudimentary definition of a symbiote is a life form that requires uh, another life form to survive. So. The like big a parasite essentially. Well, with, uh, a parasite, a parasite is more. The, the they host. they infest a, uh-huh. a symbiote kind of takes over a little bit. Okay. So there's the most the, the the best pop culture symbiote we have is Venom from the Marvel universe. Perfect. Perfect. Where yeah, yeah. Venom looks like Spider-Man because that's the first person it quote unquote yeah. infected, but it always has to jump from host to host because it needs the body. Um, a parasite will feed on the body and then move on. Like fleas are a parasite, tapeworms are a parasite. Um, but there's, it, for anyone who's played The Last of Us, that's a symbiote. That's a fungus that in, that does yes feed on yeah. the brain, but it takes over the body so that it can continue to live. And they do a, do a, a pretty good job in this movie of, of creating like um, those strings, like mm-hmm. think when they're when they're open ended. Mm-hmm. Um, to they call it a nervous system takeover. Yeah, and that's kind of what it would look like, you know, as far as coming down your your cerebral mm-hmm. cortex and down through your your body. Down it, through it would the be, yeah. it would your be electrical strings, system. Just to, they're they're puppeteers at this mm-hmm. point, you know, and just taking over your, everything. That's what makes them symbiotes is yeah. the puppeteering, mm-hmm. and it's it's 
I mean, it was 98. These are concepts that are still not necessarily on the forefront of pop culture. So calling it a parasite, I understand why he did it. But if they were to make it today, it would be real easy to call it a symbiote and very quickly explain it. For sure. As far Um, as pop culture goes, there was a lot of shout-outs in this movie as far as uh, this is like MTV era. Um, Tommy Hilfiger was a huge role. I remember watching mm -hmm. this scene down the collar and Shasi brought it up like, Dude, they have like commercials, like they were, yeah. they're, they were promoting this whole thing. So, you know, it's it's weird that MTV and that the whole Tommy Hilfiger thing would kind of take this over, and it's kind of almost the perfect plot. Yeah. Backhanded, like, oh yeah, we're controlling your minds. This is '98. Yeah, and I mean, they're they're yeah. taking they're taking you know George Lucas's they're taking George Lucas's uh, method of merchandising the product, and just you know making making a whole. Uh, Ma- making a whole deal of it, they're they're merchandising for Tommy Hilfiger, they're merchandising for, you know, other pro other other projects, mm. and it's it's it, not the first time it was done, but it, it definitely became a trend. Like mm-hmm. after after this, you had, you know, if we were making a movie, this would be right here the whole time, and we wouldn't even reference it. Right. It would just be there's a there's a Diet Pepsi on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although, although uh, Diet Coke, I'm, I know I'm cheating on you, but <laughs> it was it, we were in dire circumstances. Dire circumstances. Dire. You dire. understand? Um, I was being I was being attacked by my gym coach who was an alien. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's just that everything is advertisement, and this is that period of transition where film became advertisement. Yeah. We right now we are kind of in the period of time where the internet is becoming advertisement. So we, you remember, you know, 10 years ago, there were no ads on YouTube. There was no ads on Facebook. And now those things, in order to keep them they the free to play. They had the five stars. They didn't have the <laughs> thumbs up and down. It was just the five stars. I mm. forgot about that. That was OG. They, that was Kimbo Slice days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that takes me. That's a whole other podcast. A whole other podcast. We'll talk about old school YouTube someday. Um, but, I mean... We're looking at a similar transition here, where you know, the, to have a podcast, you know, to have, we would be so lucky to be monetized in that way, to mm-hmm. be able to advertise. But from the outside looking in, it would be a similar situation to where we look at the faculty and like, oh, they're advertising for Tommy Hilfiger. That's kind of hokey. Right. But that's how you pay for stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's how the world works. How that's how the capitalist world works. Man, how am I gonna pay for these tacos this week? Uh well, good news is this week we are sponsored by me. Oh, That's right, I what? paid for the drinks. We are sponsored by oh, me. Oh, thanks, yeah. Dad. Actually, a new rep. Uh, <laughs> we we need to. I need to email that uh, that razor company back. Um, <laughs> getting a little hairy down there. <laughs> Dear God. Right. <laughs> 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 I thought it was funny. I think they handle that. <laughs> oh shit! Oh shit! <laughs> so anyway, who are these ballscapers? We we haven't got we haven't technically gotten our package yet. <laughs> I haven't gotten our package for our package. Um, so we're we're sponsored by Josh's Liquor Closet. Uh, there you go. Um, so this is the part. This is the part of the show where we derail the whole situation and we rate this movie in terms of tacos. For those of you who are new to the show, since we haven't explained it in a while, uh, rather than going with Rotten Tomatoes because we apparently have problems with that, 
we rate out of a hundred tacos, and occasionally Greg rates it out of a thousand tacos. Oh, just, um, just so the more the more tacos, <laughs> the more tacos a movie gets, the better the movie on a critical scale. Um, we do try to take the emotional value of a, of a flick into account, but we're getting better. Yeah, for the most part, <laughs> our ratings are 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 based on critical value, and uh, to take a to take a line from. Uh, Michael Swaim and his team, if it were going on the Celestial hard drive, what would its rating be and where would it belong in Pantheon? So, that said, Grego, how many tacos do you give The Faculty from 1998? This one gets a hard 69 tacos for me. 69 yeah, it tacos. Does. <laughs> 69 tacos? Hard 69, huh? Yep. Hard shell I think it's accomplished taco. everything that it needed to do. Um, I thought that the characters were on point as far as following that geographical map of what movies do mm-hmm. um it, entertaining is all hell I, if it was an entertainment kind of thing i'd give this movie like a 92 mm-hmm. but it's not um right. 69 is where i stand and that's how it goes fair enough fair enough shasti if you love these movies like i do mm-hmm. and, you know you think of like mars attacks but with that mystery appeal yeah yeah and that star studded lineup and the the most amazing director who's worked with his editing and makeup Agreed. and, and yeah. effects team yeah. and everything. This is better mm-hmm. in so many ways, but I can't rate this higher <laughs> because I'm getting better at this. And I gave Mars Attacks way too high a score. But I'm still going to give this – I'm going to give this a 77. All right. Okay. I'm going to give this a 77. Okay. I uh, I'm actually spot on with Shasti. I'm going to give this a 77. Cool. Um, so I think this is the best version of this kind of movie. I think this is the best B-horror mid-century flick. Um, Robert Rodriguez is an amazing director, and he does a phenomenal job with everything that he's given. However, these movies are supposed to be hokey. They're not supposed to be award winners. It's just supposed to be a good time. Mm -hmm. So if we were rating it on how much fun I had, this gets 4,000 out of 100 tacos because I have – I always forget how much I love this movie. Bemke Jansen, Josh, jeez. Yeah. No, you know what? We're going to avoid the kink corner uh, because I don't want to get in trouble at home. Um, so – but on a critical scale, the faculty gets a 77 from me just because it is very well executed. Mm-hmm. But it's not supposed to be an amazing movie. So that's where it lands for me. And we actually we went higher this week. Normally we rate things a little bit lower than Rotten Tomatoes and the audience scores, but yeah, it looks like everybody's kind of split down the middle. That's interesting. That's interesting. We're born in that era. I wonder if those are recent scores or if those are based on overall forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, so the tomato meter is out of 52 reviews, and this audience is over a hundred thousand. That's hilarious. It's and those do change. So oh, yeah. I, I was it. I think it was Casablanca. Now that I'm thinking about it, yeah. recently they found an old review that had not been factored into Metacritic or Rotten Tomatoes, mm. and it brought it, Casablanca's score down like wow. two weeks ago. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, it was huge news. Mm. Um, but since we are no longer talking about the faculty, I think we should talk about our other projects. Okay. Fans, newcomers, lovers. <laughs> Aliens. We Parasites. would like to, we would like to thank you for watching. And if you made it this far, yes. hit that like button. Smash that like button like <clears throat> multiple times. Just make sure it's lit up when you're done. Um, hit the subscribe button so that you, you can check out the rest of the channel. 
hit the notification bell so that you get notified, you get emailed and or texted hit every time like we drop a new video. If you video. don't, hit the like button. Walk away from you forever. Uh, again, if you liked this, we do have all of our podcasts uh, beyond a certain point uploaded to YouTube. Ever since we got our cameras, we've been having way too much fun. Hmm. Uh, but there's there is other stuff up on the channel if you're on, watching this on YouTube, like our director's cut series. Yeah. Grego, you want to talk about that? Yeah, you know we've gone through a few directors now. Um, James Cameron, uh, Stanley Kubrick. We're working on the next one coming up here pretty soon. Um, mm-hmm. Think you like it? It's should I leak this one? Yeah, yeah, leak yeah it. what do we got? All right, we're, we're, we're doing gonna, it right after this. Yeah, so refresh my memory. Christopher <laughs> Nolan, Mr. Christopher Nolan. Uh, he Chris is no. a, Chris No, <laughs> Chris No, um, London and Evanston, Illinois. Yeah, boy. So he's a hometown boy for hometown us. Hero. Um, we're excited for this one. You guys should be too. Um, we put a lot of uh, put a lot of yeah, fun and, do and energy into this it. one too. And I think Shasta's got some maybe down the roads. You know, mm-hmm. we'll talk about that a little bit. Yeah, we all love movies. We love mm-hmm. music too. We got some live music stuff coming. But Heck yeah, yeah. We'll touch base on this. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Circle back. Circle back. As always, I'm not even gonna tell you what our release schedule is because every time I tell you, we change it. It's summer. But <laughs> you can find all of our series, uh, our video series on YouTube, like Thesis Statement, Director's Cut, and Hot Takes. Uh, if you're listening to this wherever you listen to podcasts, we do have uh, Cocktail Cinema and the Fozcast that are free shows. So the Fozcast is our interview show where Grego sits down with somebody really cool and really digs into their life and their perspective. Mm-hmm. Now, it's been a fun journey for the fun stuff. Mm. If you're a patron subscriber, you also get exclusive access to The Sip, which used to be the Suburbanite Insight Podcast. Uh, you like that. what we did for the SIP? Yeah. Um, now, The Sip is where we just kind of talk about life and things in general and give you our suburban-based opinions on the ways of the world. That's so suburban. We're in like 40 minutes out of Chicago. <laughs> we're going to no, do... We are suburban white guys, man. We are. <laughs> we we, should, are, we, we should, have our finger on the pulse. We used to do the history podcast on mm-hmm. a few of those episodes yeah. that we did on Suburban Night Insight. So we've got... I think we got another one coming up for the Sim soon. Yeah. Similar yeah. to the Emu Wars one. Yeah. So... Yeah. We've got some good stuff coming fun, for the Sim. So uh, if you want to... If you want to find out what our next history episode is going to be, or if you want to find out uh, how I turned Shasti into a fan <laughs> of Carly Rae no. Jepsen. We <laughs> uh, need a couple more episodes. <laughs> or one song by Carly Rae Jepsen. <laughs> Sign up for the, for the Patreon. You can support us for as little as a dollar a month, but each tier that you climb up, there are bigger and better rewards, as Patron does. Uh you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash opinions. Once you have pledged your life and allegiance and sweet, sweet money to us, we are yours forever. Whether you like it or not. We would like to shout out our current <laughs> patrons. Thank you for sticking with us for so long. You are the reason that we have been able to do yes, this yes, for so long. You and thank you are the you, reason that we continue you. to do it. Uh, because off camera, we absolutely hate each other. We cannot stand <laughs> to be in the same room. This guy doing his hair. What shirt am I wearing? Today? What is this? No, no, it's been it's been really nice to to be able to get together with you know Amen. two of my best friends and just yeah. talk about Absolutely. movies and life, you know, yeah, and and share up. our opinions. So for those of you listening, we love you, we see you, we appreciate you, and on behalf of all of us, susceptible opinions, we'd, we'd like, like to say, Arsha, baby. <laughs>
Nice.